When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Hollywood Pipeline Podcast. I am Dax Holt. I am joined by, wow, look at that hair, Adam, by Adam Glenn with the great hair. Dude, I'm having a good hair day, you know? I'm having a good hair day, so. Well, I am also having a good hair life, so uh, so we're, we're, we work well together. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, I'm doing pretty well right now. I'm having a good hair day. How are you, my friend? I am so good. It has been such a Freaking busy week this week. I have been running all over the place, doing a bunch of live shots at like Fox, and uh, I had that access last week. And I, I went in and uh, taped another podcast for uh, an iHeartRadio podcast. So it's been it's been very busy. What's the setup like when you do Access Hollywood? Is it kind of like a crazy set? Are they? You know, like, what's the vibe like when you go on a set like Access Hollywood? Well, I'll tell you. So compared to what we're used to, you know, back at in our TMZ days, it is completely opposite. Like, for people that don't know what it's like to be in the newsroom for TMZ, it's like, you know, it's essentially a newsroom where everyone's sitting at their desks. And then the second that it's time to actually start recording, everyone just kind of like stands up at their desk or it turns their chair around and films right there. Whereas at access it is a full-blown production it's an nbc show so you've got 15 people working behind the scenes just doing cameras then you've got producers and you've got a makeup department you've got a wardrobe department you've got a green room that's stocked full of food and it's just a completely different environment and i and i love you know i loved what tmz had to offer but i also love feeling like a but you also love a fucking yeah. green room you also love makeup you fucking because like I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, and I'm telling you, in the green room, everyone walks in there like, this is the nicest green room you've ever seen because it's just like fresh fruit laid out and yogurts and cut up, you know, uh, pastries. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's so good. I love to be an intern to clean up after, you know, uh, one of the housewives comes in, doesn't touch anything, doesn't eat, and then you just eat all their fruit. That's a good show to be on. That's exactly. pretty cool. So is it, is it like, are you, is it, who you did the hit with like Kit or uh, yeah, what did you do so, with Natalie? Yeah, I did it with Kit and uh, Natalie was not no, no, she was there, but she just wasn't doing the hit with us. And then Scott Evans is also there. Okay, yeah, man, that guy's killing it, huh? Oh, totally. Like, and I actually ran into him again at uh, at iHeart as well. The guy's just everywhere right now. He's just doing really good in his career. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. So you did that hat. That hit. Now, when you do that, what are they? What were they looking for? What did you speak about? We, that was all Oscars. Oscars, Oscars. I feel like it's just been nonstop right now. Everyone wants to talk about that. I thought they were. Why it was so boring? Why did they want to? Talk? So did you? Boring. What did you think? There's nothing to talk. How boring was the Oscars? I don't know. I I think it was. Do you think it was boring? I did not enjoy it. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't enjoy it. I 
I, but I don't ever really enjoy the Oscars, especially because it comes off the tail of like the Grammys, which are so good and so entertaining. And, you know, it's a musical act after musical act and you're getting the just like kind of the best performers out there. And then I feel like you get to the Oscars and yeah, you've got the biggest stars in the world and it's so prestigious. But at the end of the day, like half the categories are things I could care less about. I'm like, why aren't you saving this stuff for like the non-aired part of the Oscars? Because... You know, like, the shorts and foreign film, like, I'm not watching them, and nor do I really have any interest in watching them, so I can't relate to them. And then half the stuff that actually wins the big awards are also movies that, like, I haven't seen, I haven't heard much about, like, I didn't see Green Book, um, you know, like, and the, the movies that I actually enjoyed, like Black Panther, it's not like it's winning the movie of the year or that stuff, it's like, it's getting the makeup and costume design and stuff so it's, it's just hard to relate to the oscars i feel but was the boring part because there was no host do you think that why it just sucked especially this year like besides those those there's those awards that nobody cares about them not having a host where there's that comedic element to add to the show do you think that was the big deciding factor of why this oscars was just boring besides no. the bradley cooper lady gaga bullshit <laughs> i don't think that was because that didn't bother me. The no host didn't really bother me. I liked that, you know, when Amy and, and and Maya and Tina all came out, I thought that was great. I wish they almost would have come out a couple more times. Um, but they just, after Melissa and those three girls came out, it was like there wasn't a lot of funny in the show. So that the funny I think I do enjoy, but I don't think you need a host to get funny. You just need more comedians to come up and do good little bits throughout the show. Yeah, no, I hear you. I I only got bits and pieces, but the pieces I, I watched were because I was gambling on the Oscars. I was one of those degenerates doing that. And uh, it was nice that Glenn Close cost me $200. Fucking <laughs> Glenn Close well, cost me $200. She would have loved to give you the $200. Trust me, that woman it wants that Oscar so bad. I felt bad for her. When I heard Olivia's name call, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> was not ex- I thought this was her year. There's no host. They need some sort of element. And then I bet 200 bucks on her. Lost $200 because she did not win the Oscar. Where and then I lost me on Green Book, a Green Book as well as the best picture. I did not think that was me best picture. No, no one um, just And I didn't even see the movie. I just wanted to bet on something. But lost on both bets. That was it. Where are so, you, by the way? I'm um, I'm in a I'm in a, in a sound room. I'm in a I'm doing a. A big press tour with an NFL player. I've been bringing up NFL player with a press tour for the day. Went to Fox Business, went to Entrepreneur. So I kind of been walking around with a Quincy Enwa from the New York Jets wide receiver doing a press day for him in the business world. So he had a fun day. And now I'm just talking to you in a sound booth. And then I'm going to go around and chase some celebrities because I need to make money. And <laughs> Who did you get this week? I saw what you ran into Ja Rule, right? Was that right after like... He just got creamed by uh, his little midtime or yeah. halftime performance. No, I got him right before then. I got to be honest with you, Dex. Did you see the Firefly documentary? I uh, no, no, I didn't see it. The Firefly? You mean the Fire Fire, Fire, Fire Festival? Fire, Fire Festival? Festival? No. So, you know, Ja Rule was in the. I saw the Netflix and the Hulu Fire Festival documentaries. Ja Rule, you know, took a lot of L's in that. I mean, it was pretty sad, but. People, a lot of people are holding him accountable for as well. Like, dude, man, you screwed people over. You should have known. And I got Ja Rule at the airport. And, you know, of course, you got to bring up the Fire Festival because it was such a huge documentary. And I asked him, like, how's it been? And he got 
very emotional with me. Um, let's play the clip. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, oh, we have it? <laughs> no, but he, um, it was interesting. He got very, you could tell it really affected him. You know, like he just got, he, like a lot of people got screwed over. He, you know, thought he was in a business movie. He thought he was making money. He trusted the guy, Billy. And he, like a lot of people paid to go to the festival, he, you know, invested over hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars into this festival. And he got, you know, you know, he lost a lot of money on it. So I was talking to him about it. And I got to be honest, he I felt like I felt bad for him because he said, this one hurts, man. I'm just really upset. I think the backlash, this is what people are going to remember him for. And he's just kind of really upset about it. And he's like, people don't realize, like, I know they got screwed over, but I got screwed over too. And he's an entrepreneur. And sometimes it doesn't go your way. And he told me what he learned from it, you know, and what he learned from the experience, what he learned as being a business owner what to do in that situation, you know, that situation. And it, it was just a terrible situation. And a lot of people reached out to me, man, he screwed people over, man, don't give him the time or day. But I talked to him on camera for about seven minutes. I talked to him after I turned the camera off for about 30 minutes at the airport. And I almost thought he was going to cry. That's how passionate he was about how sorry he was. But, is but it, how is he passionate because it's his reputation has gone down the drain or is he passionate because he's like, there goes my career? Like, what? what is he I think it's, upset uh, I about? Think it's blows, I think it's blows from all ends, from the passion about his career to him. He doesn't want – he doesn't want – he didn't go into business to screw people over. And then also people don't realize that he was also one of the people that got screwed over. And, you know, it's a tough thing for you to swallow. It's tough to your ego. I think he's been trying to handle it as best as possible and like trying to laugh it off. Then people get pissed off because he laughs it off. So there's no right or wrong way to handle it because the internet people are just tough judges. They're tough critics. So I think he's just trying to le realize, learn how to deal with it. And uh, he's okay, just well, what about what about this game that happened the other day where he was the halftime performer? It was what was it '90s night or something like that? And he comes out and he's performing, but I can't imagine that everyone in that arena really cared about the fire festival because. They they just seemed like they didn't care about him in general. That was tough. You know, it was just weird. You know, I don't think halftime shows are the best times to perform. I know T-Pain just did Madison Square Garden, um, especially where, you know, he wasn't in a big time market or it's more of a maybe an urban market. So mm. I just don't think it was the right crowd or right situation for him. But, you know, the Internet hasn't been he tried to do his thing. And of course, the, the crowd doesn't respond. And you know what? It's a halftime at a game. Where are you at halftime? You're getting another beer. You're at the bathroom. You're at the concession stand. You're on your phone. I mean, so it's a it's a tough room yeah, to Yeah, you didn't come to a Ja Rule concert. You came to a basketball game. Exactly. So, you know, how many people there probably knew who Ja Rule was? So it wasn't the best environment for him to perform it wasn't the best environment for him to perform for him to perform but i'm sure he got paid i'm sure he's walking out happy because he got paid and you know what but it sucks that the media keeps jumping on him you know it's just like well, okay oh yeah. will takes another l this way is a bad move blah, blah blah i mean it's kind of fucked up man it really is fucked up you know what's funny there there was a story that i covered that was very similar to this like a year ago and it was a big tennis match, and in the middle of the tennis match, they brought out Shania Twain, and she performed, like, some of her biggest hits. 
No one cared. It was so weird. I'm like, this is Shania fucking Twain out here putting on this epic show and all the tennis like fans just sat there and like did a golf clap afterwards. No one was standing up. No one was dancing. And it was so funny to me that like it really felt that these tennis people just were like, we came to watch a game or a match and Shania is interrupting that if she could just get off the stage. So I think it happens to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it's again, I think if it happens to Shania Twain, it's going to happen to Ja Rule. Let's face it. Um, it's just not the best environment. I think hopefully these sports venues learn it. However, the artists are not going to say no because they're still getting paid. Yeah, there's I mean, money involved. I've done terrible, terrible shows similar to what Ja Rule has been through, similar to what Shania Twain's done. But you still do it. You know, not every show you're going to do is great. That's just the business. That's that's life. So. I mean, that's like, that's like our podcast right now. It's not the greatest thing we've ever done, but it's, it's working right now. I need to the top of my LinkedIn page, okay? This is, uh, you know, I'm live tweeting this, this entire episode, so. I'm just kidding. You know what? I actually really like this podcast. I think it is some of the best it's things we've ever done. for me, Dax. I get to catch up with you, see what you're doing, see uh, what kind of hair day you're having. I enjoy it. You know? You know who I met uh, yesterday for the first – I met him years ago, um, but this is the first time I met him. And I got to be honest with you, one of the nicest guys I met Offset from oh, Migos. really? Cardi B's uh, baby daddy. Cardi man. Okay. Um, and? What a nice guy. I got to be honest with you. He's one of the biggest rappers in the world today. Easily. Easily one of the biggest rappers in the world. But he's also just a regular guy. Like – he did have a three-car entourage, so that's not too regular. But it's just like the people around him, they were just like hanging. Like it was just kind of chill and laid back. And he had one bodyguard who was probably like an old friend. But he was just like a normal guy with his mom. Just very nice. He had really nice things to say about me. Like just a a solid, good person. Was really. he, like, did he have a lot of fans kind of, kind of trying to come up and talk so, to him while you were filming him? No, not at all. People, I don't think people even realize because it's so – normal the way he acts like with not even with the entourage is like surrounding him they just kind of are there just kind of hang out not one person came up like offset offset you know it's it was pretty uh pretty chill very what, laid so back what did you guys talk about just about jesus trump you know the usual stuff what's going on um, <laughs> jesus trump <laughs> no actually i didn't ask my, i'll be honest with you my questions weren't that great because i was sitting in a car and i actually saw him saw this guy jump out of the bodyguard i jumped out and then, like when I got to him, I was like, "Oh shit, it's Offset!" And I haven't gotten him in a while, and I didn't know how he would, or I didn't know how he would respond to Cardi B questions. But I just talked to him about like his album because he just came out with a new album. Who he tried to get on the album, who didn't, um, that he couldn't get, which was Kendrick Lamar. What's the key to keeping a successful relationship in Hollywood? He was just, you know, he showed me his rings. He's got some huge rings, and he's just, dude, it's just real love. And basically, he said it's just real love. It's authentic love that him and Cardi B have. Then afterwards, he's like, dude, you're a good guy. You got good energy. I was like, I appreciate that. You're a good guy. You have good energy. And uh, we're going on a date in two weeks, so I'm really excited. I'm looking for outfits. Well, I hope he's paying. Yeah, I hope and so. And I hope you're putting out. Um, um, so, oh, no. I, I know, sorry. I totally just thought about this. I saw on your Snapchat stories, or I guess Instagram stories, you went to SNL the other day. I did. How the Dude. hell was that? Because I, f I have been dying to do like an SNL trip. 
I'm so curious. I saw you like literally backstage posting photo like of the walls walking through the hallways. I'm I gotta hear everything. It is so fucking cool. I gotta be honest with you. Like, have you been to what live t- TV shows? Have you gone to some live TV? It's like, I've been to SNL. This is my second time doing SNL. I went to Letterman, okay? And when you do Letterman, Letterman is just like this. This is when Letterman's around. Letterman's like the longest TV taping ever. It used to be there. You'd have to go at 2 p.m. And then you have to kill, like, you'd have to check in. And then you have to come back at, like, 4.30 p.m. You're there from, like, 2 or 1.30 p.m. till about 7 p.m. for a Letterman taping. SNL, I, now there's two tapings. There's the dress rehearsal and then there's a live taping. People say the dress rehearsal is the better taping to go to because you get to see more sketches and it's just you get so you really get to see more sketches, more uh, of jokes because they kind of want to practice the timing of the show. So it's just a better taping to go to. The taping. So I went to the dress rehearsal. The taping starts at eight. They make you get there at seven. You check in. You kind of go through the things, and it's got that Saturday night type feel. That's just good energy. You know, it's at night, so it doesn't ruin your day. You get there at seven. The show starts at eight, right on the dot, right at eight o'clock. Well, because it's live. I got in through a connection. I don't want to say my connection, Um, Mackay Pfeiffer. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) I want. I uh, um, yeah. The way the they have a lottery. The only way you could get tickets is in the month of August. You have to sign up for a lottery. But I realized after going this taping, it's pretty much who you know. And I had a hookup for tickets, and I went. And I gotta be honest, man, it is so cool. The way they move the set and everyone's moving around. Like no, I didn't even talked to the people I was with because I couldn't keep my eyes off the stage moving from the actors running back and forth. I mean, it's just. So Such how a... many how many like actual I guess stages do they have going at one time? Because they've got to be prepping another set or stage for when that one what, that once get ends right? Sort of. So it's an actually interesting studio because there's probably about a hundred seats in the studio, but the seats for the audience are raised, and you're like on a high bleacher, and then they have everyone's kind of running underneath you. So all of a sudden they kind of do the one set. And then they kind of just wipe it off, and the, the, then all of a sudden they have a new set within, you know, a minute and a half. It's so just what are they doing though in between that? Because I know I know that they will do scene to scene. It's not like they have yeah. a commercial in between each one. Yeah, they have a commercial in between. But basically, what they have is the sets are kind of like the walls are behind each other. So the sets are kind of like okay, move that set. Here's the next wall. Boom, and they just put up a wall real quick. And I don't know how they do it. Is that they have a lot of stagehands, and it's just kind of real quick but it's it's a dance but it's so good and uh it was um don Cheadle was the host and it was don Cheadle's first time ever hosting snl and he made it seem i i went to snl after seeing the way people move i was nervous like i was nervous for them because when you see the way they perform in front of a live tv show and everyone running around i was nervous but don Cheadle, and it was his first time ever doing snl when he came out and he did the monologue he was so calm and so relaxed that I was like, dude, this guy, man, he, he he's an actor. He's such a professional. And then even in the sketches, he was so good and so well-prepared. And you could see that his energy was good. He was so relaxed where he was like messing with the cast right before they, you know, they're like three, two, one, just messing with people. And just I, I have such a different respect for Don Cheadle after seeing him live doing his thing. It's really is incredible. And even see Alec Baldwin do Trump live mm-hmm. is pretty interesting because Alec Baldwin comes in, as soon as he walks on set, he is Trump. He's doing Trump the entire time. He never like, breaks character? He does not break character. The whole entire time, the way he walks up, 
you know, he's doing Trump the entire time. That's so awesome. So it's pretty interesting. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, have you been to any, uh, like, TV tapings for any shows? Yeah, I've been to a bunch. I, I, I've done – I've been at the Ellen show a couple times. How was I, Ellen? How was that taping? It was. I mean, it was cool. I, I had, like, some VIP backstage access, so that was kind of fun to just see what's going on behind the scenes. They had, like, a ping-pong table back there in, the, in like, the playroom and um, been inside the control room there. Uh, but they, I mean, they have that thing locked down. They know exactly what they're doing. They, um, I think one of the most interesting things that I saw out of it was just, you know, Ellen is, I mean, Ellen's Ellen over there. But if they, they, the way they move her around, it's, it's so that she's like always very guarded, you know, there at, at the studio. Like she, she's not. She, there at no point is she kind of like walking through the normal audience only on the TV show, but like she, the second that taping is done, she is in her car, she is gone, and I think really? it's a lot of safety reasons for her because she is so high profile now that they need to kind of like be able to whisk her out and have her away before they kind of like release the audience and stuff, just because she's a big deal. She's a really wow, big deal. Really? So says, like, thank you, good night. She pretty much walks to her I'm car. I'm telling you, like, literally, like, thanks, have a good one, guys. And it's like her car is waiting for her right outside the studio for her to leave. Wow. Um, but, I mean, I understand it. I get it. I, you know, she, she, she is so sought after at this point that it's probably kind of scary for her if she gets, you know, surrounded by a mob of people. Yeah. How's that studio? Is it a cool studio? Studio's huge. They actually, it's... You know, with like a lot of these TV sets, it's one studio that they've opened up and, you know, it just looks big. Well, with hers, it is actually like ginormous because they have put together. Yeah, it's like numerous sets they have combined into one. And so you have like the gift shop waiting room and then it goes into like the seating and then it's her stage. And then behind the scenes is also massive as well. And then. On the set, they also have, like, their offices of where a lot of the production stuff goes down. And then that's right next to, like, George Clooney's bungalow there. I remember one time I was pulling in to watch, and I pulled up right next to George Clooney as we were both pulling into the studio. Oh, my God. And he was on, like, his green Tesla. And this was before Tesla's, like, got super popular. And, uh, yeah, he was, like, pulled up right next to me. I'm like, holy shit, it's George fucking Clooney right next to me. Yeah, so... Um, so that's been fun. I, I, I've seen, uh, I've been to the Jimmy Kimmel show a couple times. Is Jimmy Kimmel alive? Is that a cool taping to go yeah, see? Yeah, that, that's a really fun one. I know, um, one of my good buddies is Cleto, the band member, like yeah, the, sure. the lead band guy. Didn't Cleto grow up with Jimmy? Yes, they're best friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so he's got me in a couple times and we'll hang out there and they've got like a really cool green room at that place where like a lot of the VIPs will go and there's a bar in there and... You just see a lot of industry people hanging out backstage there, so that that's a really cool show to go to live as well. Is that one, is that one a little shittier to go to just because of location, like where it is in Hollywood, or is that easier? not at all? I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's just cool because you see, um, it, it's just I guess the feel of it is awesome it's like in this actual stage area and he's got a, a bunch of places where guests can perform if they're a musical guest and i don't know i just like it because it's 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 jimmy kimmel's set it's cool yeah yeah i went to like i went to conan o'brien when he was at nbc 
and when he had you know the twelve thirty hour, yeah. and that was actually a really fun taping because you know it's just high energy and Conan is super nice, and they used to give you these T-shirts after. Like I feel like he went above and beyond. Whereas Letterman, it was such a process to go to that it was just such a long day. Whereas you know I, 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 I remember Leno was. Leno was similar to that too. So really? it might have just been like an old school kind of an old school thing, you know? I, I man, I I haven't been to Fallon yet. Fallon's a really hard ticket to get. Uh, it's just like very as soon as the tickets go out for Fallon, they go out, they they sell out right away. Um I've been really trying to actually go see Fallon. Um no one tries to go see Seth Myers. Um but um, <laughs> <laughs> No, actually uh now Seth Myers is a cool show. It's uh, it's I I they're always like I feel like you could easily get into Seth Myers, but Fallon for some reason I guess based because of the guests he gets, you know people because people go because of the guests they get yeah. because Fallon gets such big guests. It's a hard show to go see live. Yeah, hey, I've so, heard, yeah. Sorry, as much as I want to keep talking about shows, there was last week because we had Fair on, we didn't get to talk about quite a few things I wanted to ask you about. Sure. Um, with, uh, with Meghan Markle being in town, I wanted to know what was that like being in New York with Meghan Markle there? She touches down the first time since she's become a Royal and, you know, through photos and videos here in California, it looked like it was nuts, but I'm just questioning, like, what the hell was it like being there? It, it was actually good. And when I say it was good. It was because every single paparazzi and fan was there waiting for her at the hotel, the Mark. Mm-hmm. So every place else was dead. All the paparazzis, everything, the whole city was quiet. So it was good. But it was absolutely insane. When people were looking for Meghan Markle forever, Daily Mail, the Daily Mail, one of the biggest newspapers in the world, they basically put a witch hunt on Meghan Markle. They hired 30 guys, around 30 people, to go around to – Find her home. I wouldn't say 30 people. I'm sorry. They hired guys and they gave them about 30 addresses where they think maybe she could be. And it was like friends' apartments from hotels. And basically the guys were hired to sit on places and to go to all these different locations because Megan could possibly be there. And it actually worked out. But they had a massive witch hunt trying to find Megan the whole through the entire city and they didn't find her for a while. But they eventually Were they did. the first ones to find her though? They were. The Daily Mail was the first one to find her, and she was at uh, a designer friend's apartment in New York City, uh, down near the meatpacking area. That's unbelievable. Uh, like, yeah, unreal to that go they through those hired, lengths to find her. They brought, to hire guys all no, day. Were these like their own employees that they're hiring, or are these no, like freelancers? Like a lot of um, freelancers type guys. You know, giving them day rates, paying them just for the day, and say, "Hey, dude, go find uh, Meghan Markle," and they gave them. Like addresses, they give them about thirty. You know, hey, here's a bunch of like thirty different addresses. Go try to find it, see what you could do, and uh, you know, it, they eventually did. That's correct. Uh, I mean, that just shows you how important the royals are here. But it shows you the lengths that a huge media outlet will go to to track down someone. That's the craziest part to to hire tons of people and say, here's a bunch of addresses. Go find her. That's crazy. To be honest with you, Dax, I had no desire to go see them and to go deal with the whole princess, all that stuff. You know, I know it's good for a lot of the paparazzis and photo guys and some video guys, but I just didn't care because I figured, A, she's not going to talk. 
B, they're going to keep my distance from her. C, I didn't feel like climbing over people. I just didn't think the money was there for me financially. And then also, I just didn't care. I don't care to see a three-second. You don't care about the Royals? Dude, for her, unless she's sitting there in the middle of New York City in Times Square, you know, just throwing hot dogs at people, I don't care, dude. Like, she was just walking out of a hotel, and it's just a really quick, like, three-second laugh from the door to the car. Like, I, I... Those videos did amazing for me. Like, I put them up on the Hollywood Pipeline YouTube page. Videos of Meghan Markle just blew up. It's insane. Can you check? Do people in the U.S. care about it or is it just international? No, I think it's U.S. I think over in the U.K., people think it's awesome. Like, the wedding, obviously, a huge deal. But I don't think they look at them like we look at them. Like, we get super excited over the Royals. To them, they're like, yeah, it's, it's the Royals, guys. Calm down. I don't get it. I really don't get the appeal. I don't get it. I don't understand what the um, obsession with them is. I don't know what the draw is. It's like, what else? Do you you know what thing that makes her interesting is that she's kind of cool, you know, because mm-hmm. she's she's an American. She's an American who's she's an American princess now per se. Yeah. And now you want to see, you know, she's pregnant. You want to see if she's gonna, you know, be a kind of like a hip princess. Is she gonna be cool? Is she gonna kind of? Uh, maybe in some ways Americanized. But she's already cool. I, I feel like that's why people like her because she is bringing something different to the monarchy than what they're they're used to. I mean, she's already, you know, a, a black woman has entered the palace. That I think that's really cool. Do people respond? Are people responding to that well? Yeah. They are responding to her being yeah, a little people, bit... People like her. Yeah, because she is, she is some... Wait, what? She people got people were getting crazy because she was wearing like black nail polish. Oh no! And I was talking she, about her being an African American woman, not black nail polish. <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah, sorry, different black. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, that's a little different. Uh, but but about people, she's being a little bit kind of like a cool princess. Where yeah, you know, Kate Middleton is very you know by the book, you know, based on her fashion and what she does. Where Meghan think, Markle, she's, she wears, like, cool hats. She wears all black. She hangs out with these designers, hang out with Priyanka Chopra and uh, Serena Williams. It's like, okay, what is she going to do next? Yeah, I think there's also a difference between Prince Harry and Prince William. You know, Prince Harry is the more fun, relaxed guy. I think he can get away with having, like, the wife that's out there, you know, switching things up or keeping people on their toes. I think that's why they like Prince Harry so much. But he also doesn't have, like... The crown sitting on his back at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else was did really well for you in the in like lately for Hollywood Dude, Pipeline? Is there anything that really stuck? Yeah, or, Tyga. What do you mean Tyga? Wait, is this the uh, the the Floyd Mayweather yes. birthday? So, the so tell me what happened with this thing. This is this is my favorite video. I love this video. So funny enough, I actually get an invite to go to Floyd's birthday party on Saturday. This past Saturday, the, they called me up. They're like, oh, you want to come? And I'm like, I mean, as much fun as it sounds, I actually have my mother-in-law's birthday party. So I'm going to have to choose my mother-in-law's birthday party over Floyd's <laughs> just because I want to be able to sleep in my house. So um, I said no, but I sent a, a camera guy. I actually sent two guys, a photographer and a videographer. I thought you were about and- to say it, but I sent the gift. I thought you were about to <laughs> I didn't go, but I sent the gift. Uh, uh, I sent him uh, a personalized uh, picture frame that says Floyd yeah. Mayweather. Um, headshot, yeah. Yeah. So no, I sent I sent this camera guy, a couple camera guys, and they got some awesome video because Tyga was inside, and at some point, this older gentleman I have no idea who he is 
walks up to Tiger where he's sitting down in his booth, starts screaming at him. And this is all photos that my guy shot. Um, starts screaming at him, kind of like grabs him by the neck. Next thing you know, a giant bodyguard is actually, he has bear hugged Tiger from behind and is dragging him through the party like in front of all the other guests, you see people pulling out their their phones and they're like videotaping, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And he drags him all the way out to the front door and basically tosses him on the curb and is like, "You're out of here for the night." So I don't know what happened, but in all this commotion, Taiga is pissed. He's so fired up, and you actually see him in my video go over reach into his bodyguard's like back pocket area and reach for his gun. The guy had a concealed weapon. Tiger's reaching for the gun and keeps like grabbing at it. And the bodyguard's like, no, 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 no. Like, don't you be pulling out my gun. I don't know if he was just so upset he wanted to go in there and just start, you know, firing away at people or or what it was. But a lot of people started to see the gun, get panicked about it. And, you know, the paparazzi all kind of disperse because they don't want to get shot in the melee. And uh, his friends were able to calm him down, get him out of there, and it seems like they made peace the next day. But the video of him getting kicked out was just amazing. It's so good. And, you know, the, I have two questions. Do you think Tiger reached for the gun because the paparazzi was there and it's good video? No, 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 no. I think he was actually just really upset. And he, all he could think about was, I need to get back in there and, and, and make good with whatever happened. I think his <sighs> ego was just hurt. Yeah, I mean, he literally got dragged <laughs> out and thrown out of a club in front of tons of paparazzi and tons of, you know, fans outside. Do we know why he was exactly thrown out? Mm-mm. No clue. Why isn't anybody – why hasn't that been kind of out there why he was exactly thrown out? Like, we don't know what he did. Don't know what he did. I did not see Mayweather come to his rescue. I, I, I didn't see anything. All I know is that – him and the guy that he got into an argument and the bodyguard, they met the next day and they talked it out. So that's all I know. I wonder if that bodyguard gets a raise because, I mean, he did a – that's something that could have been really bad. And he kind of – I don't know what the bodyguard said to to Tyga just to calm him down. But it was like, dude, no. He's no, probably no. like, I will crush you if you touch my gun again, you little fucker. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, I'd be like, you know what, Tyga? Fuck you. Go. Take it. Take it. Just go. Go for your life. Go <laughs> yeah, your right. Life. Are you kidding? Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, and the funny part was I, uh, my wife saw this video and she's like, you wanted to take me to this party? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to take me to a party where there's people pulling out, trying to pull out guns and getting kicked out? Like, no thanks, a-hole. Yeah, right. I mean, part of me, it feels like Tygo would have ripped out the gun that he has. Like, yeah, now fuck. What am I doing? Oh shit! He just drops the gun like ah, it just runs away. But that uh, video, that video was huge. So I mean, it it like overnight, it already had like a half million views. It was crazy. Oh, it's so good. You know what I love about the video? There's like the two parts that you see from him like inside the club, and then it cuts to like that part of him coming. Like a, it's like a whole studio shot. It's like I know. Him- and then it cuts to him coming out. It's like, what the hell's going on? Well, you know on? what it did? Because I cut from the video of my guys that were inside of the party to someone that was outside of the party, and I used their video, too. Oh, so good. So good. So good. Oh, man. Uh-huh. So, any any crazy plans? You, you uh, got any interviews set up this week? Uh, yeah, I'm about to go actually meet up with 2 Chains. Um, I've had some good people, man, lately. Like, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I was with the rapper Jin Jones. 
I mean, things have been going really smooth and good. Like, it's just, um, you never know what the week's, but I'll, here's the thing is, I tell people, I actually have an addiction to this. Like, when I see what celebs are in town, or when I see a photo of a celebrity, and I see they're photographed in New York, my obsession is like, I need to cross paths with this person so I can interview them. And that's where they... How do you find them, though? Because... Like, people always ask me this. They're like, oh, if you see someone's in town, how do you find them? And I'm like, I have no idea how Adam is actually able to track someone down in such a big city. Uh, you know what? It's just I have a lot of – I always said I want to be – I want people to call me and let me know. And I just – enough. I got enough good friends that really helped me out. And that's really it is. Having a lot of friends who are just willing to help me out and um, – you know, I just kind of know what they do. It's weird. I just kind of know their teams. I know their people. I know where they like to hang. I mean, if you tell me a celebrity, I could tell you usually where they stay, and where they like to go, and what their kind of normal schedule is. We're not going to play that game now, but <laughs> uh, um, sometimes me and a few people always do that. Like, hey, give me a place to name a celebrity, and we can tell you, boom, where they like to hang out, what restaurants they like, what they like to do when they're in New York. You know, something that's kind of weird about their schedule or how they are as a person. I've just been doing this for so long that I just kind of know kind of what their life is like and what, how to kind of really, it's not about like people like, Oh, stalk. It's not stalking them. I know how to cross paths with them. It's that's so funny because it sounds kind of creepy and crazy. I know, but all I try to do is cross paths with people. Well, I feel like it's so different in LA. Like it's just a different world out here. Like a lot of these celebs that live here, it's not that they're always going to the same place. It's because LA is just so much more spread out. That yeah, you do have some celebs like like Rihanna will go to Giorgio Baldi like once a week whenever yeah. she's in town. She's always there. But like for the most part, I wouldn't be able to tell you, hey, I I will run into someone. It's like all just dumb luck when I run into people. Well, that's true. You know, for me, it's like if you told me to do what I do in L.A., I'd be completely lost. But I know New York City very very well. I know how to work New York City. I know how to do it. So. You know, like, and people are like, would you ever go do what I do in New York in L.A.? And I say no, because in in, L, in New York, I'm a big fish in a small pond. Whereas I was in L.A., I'd be a small fish in a big pond. Like, I just, I'm very in tune to New York City. I know New York City. I have a lot of relationships in New York City. And that's what kind of what makes me stand out is that I'm in New York City. So it's, you know, I'm fortunate I'm in New York City. So when I deal with these celebrities, they get excited to see me. I'm part of, mm -hmm. like, their... The New York City welcoming community, like, hey, give me a stupid interview, you know. So, have you ever approached the uh, city tourism board and said, "Look, I should be the face of New York"? No, but I'll tell you what, I give an amazing tour of New York City because I get kind of give like this fun celebrity cool tour, and like I'll kind of bring people in the car with me and kind of give them like the celebrity tour. Then, you know, I'm also a very good spotter, so sometimes I always try to like spot a celebrity and try to get them a photo with people I know. But I know it's like history to good stories I've had at different corners to celebrities, to people, to life. So I think I could make an actual very good tourist if I decide to go that route, which the way this podcast is going might be very soon. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Our numbers just keep going up. People are lucky to have us. The Farrah interview blew up. Huh? Dude, Holy it was shit. crazy. If you haven't listened to it, we had Farrah Abraham on the podcast last week. An amazing, amazing interview. She's just a fascinating person. What she's done in life or what her, she she does every day, I find her just fascinating. From her random trips to Dubai to hang out with Princess to her sex tapes to her sex tapes 
to uh, sex tips. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, what I like about her is that she just was so open. And I think that's that's why our interview got so much press because, you know, it started with her talking about, I mean, your, your question about who slides into her DMs. And next thing you know, she's telling about how, uh, you know, one of the L.A. Lakers, Kyle Kuzma, slid into her DMs trying to hit her up. Next thing you know, our podcast is on TMZ. Then it's on, you know, pretty much every other sports website out there. Unbelievable. Yeah, she, you know what? That's the thing. is, So many people, when I said – so many people, when I told them, hey, we're having Farrah Abraham on the podcast, I'd have to say majority of people's opinions were like, ew, she's so gross. But I have to think when you listen to her and when you hear the podcast and you hear her talk – you have to respect her honesty. You know, she knows what she's doing. She's smart. She's hustling. And you have to respect someone who's being honest and is being genuine for the most part and just doing her. Like, you know, it's whatever makes her sleep at night. She seems happy. She seems content for what she's done in her life. She owns it. She doesn't hide from it. And she, you know, I don't think she sees that as a, like, even the sex team. I don't think she sees that as a mistake. I think she sees that as an experience. Yeah. And she's done the experience and th- that's it. Like, I, I did it now, now on to the next thing. So, and she's made some good decisions. I mean, when you think of the cast of Teen Mom, Farrah's made a lot of money from this show. So, at the end of the day, it's show business. And she well, gave the fact the is, she wanted. can walk away from a show like that and still do just fine when a lot of the other girls have to continue doing the teen mom stuff to be relevant. Relevant, correct. And she knows, Farrah knows how to keep herself, uh, she knows how to keep herself relevant, you know? And I think that story with Kyle Kuzma, that kind of slipped out. But, I mean, I love that stuff. I love to see when he slips, you know, slide in the DM. I mean, that's how Nick Jonas got Priyanka Chopra. He slid in her DM. So, I mean, you know how much, how often, um, uh, you know, these people just kind of slide into this DM, like how it probably all goes down. Happens probably all the time. Well, how many, like, I got to say, but once Twitter came out and Instagram, the amount of celebs that I've talked to through DMs versus I would have never talked to in my entire life is pretty crazy. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I actually, when it comes to exchanging information, I don't even want their phone number. I'm like, dude, just give me your Instagram. You know, we'll exchange, uh, because then if I do Instagram, they could see my face, they could see what I do, and then I could just kind of message them through Instagram, not through a phone number. Yeah. You know? But, you know. But, uh, Dax, man, I really enjoyed this. Always good talking to me. I got to be honest with you. It's always great talking to me. You're <laughs> such a loser. Well, thank you, sir. You have a wonderful day. Let's. Do we got anyone? I think we got some people planned for next week. We'll see if they, they show up or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got some people showing up. We've got some really cool guests in the coming weeks. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Leave a review. If it's positive, leave it. If it's negative, just uh, just, just put think it on Dax's uh, Facebook or just think about it. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, you can find me at, at Adam Glenn. You can find Dax at, at Dax Holt. Check out Hollywood Pipeline. Dax, I'm loving what you're doing with the Hollywood Pipeline. I'm loving the site. The new layout's great, man. I'm really enjoying the, uh, I'm really enjoying the site. Thanks, dude. And I... Uh... I like this little uh, audio booth you got going, so maybe you could uh, hit it up next week. It looks pretty cool. It looks, uh, and you I sound good. I like it. I like it. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Later. Later.